feature presentation. Happy New Year. It is definitely January, and we are back with another <laughs> Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, I apologize that we're not getting to this review sooner. Um, my luggage is still uh, in holding. At Pearson, at Pearson. Airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> a little fair. topical humor there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a trip coming up in two weeks, so I hope everything's cool. <laughs> so, oh man, yes, today we are reviewing Jean Francois Richet's Plane, starring Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter, and more but mostly Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter. Uh, Eric, I mentioned it is January. This is our first review of the year of a feature film. Uh, we did just review the entire first season of HBO's The Last of Us, so uh, please make sure to go check that out on YouTube and podcast services. It is up on two different channels right now because, yes, it's on Untitled Movie Reviews, uh, which are already in the kind of right spot. And Eric and I are launching a new show, which is a Last of Us after show, which is called The Cast of Us, an untitled HBO Last of Us podcast, where every Sunday, Eric and I will be getting together uh, and recapping and reviewing uh, the newest episode of The Last of Us on HBO. Uh, those episodes will be out at 10 p.m. Eastern, right as the episode ends. Uh, so the first first episode is up now to check out the uh, our whole spoiler free review of the show. And then each week we're going to be recapping and going into more detail on each episode. So make sure you go subscribe to that or it'll also be on YouTube. One stop shop for everything, of course, untitled underscore movies. I just wanted to plug that since it's new, uh, but we're not here to talk about The Last of Us today. We are talking about jerry b baby and plane <laughs> probably the best title for a movie of all time i mean it gets to the point but also it's weirdly misleading in some ways because it's trying to be a throwback to 90s you know action thrillers that yeah. took place on planes whether it be executive decision or passenger 57 air force um, one air force one or even more recently you had you know the liam neeson star non-stop so with that in mind, when you're watching this movie that stars Gerard Butler, you're thinking to yourself, why isn't this movie being released on VOD? Because it does have that kind of trashy B-movie feel that would be a day and date release and not necessarily a theatrical. Well, it is January, so you have to consider that as well. Gerard Butler plays a commercial pilot for an airline called Trailblazer, and he's about to fly off from Singapore to Tokyo. And it is a New Year's Eve flight, so there's a limited number of passengers, but an additional uh, passenger comes aboard in the form of Mike Coulter, who a lot of people will probably best remember him from the Luke Cage series on Netflix that is now... Uh, owned again by Marvel, I guess. So um, it's on. Is it on Disney Plus? I think all I don't the know. Marvel I, maybe. shows are. I don't yeah, know. and so he is a, a prisoner who has been charged with murder and is being extradited to Toronto, uh, which is very funny. <laughs> it um, was. And, yeah. so, and so the setup of this film is is kind of like your typical, you know, action thriller kind of. You know, you you have the hero of the story kind of getting ready to fly. You learn that he is a widower and all. Also, as my dogs are barking, um, trying to get home uh, after this particular flight to his daughter.
daughter who's in Honolulu. Everybody's all over the place in this. Um, and again, you kind of get the short kind of um, gist of everybody's sort of personalities based on, you know, uh, maybe one line of dialogue or, uh, you know, a sort of a physical kind of movement or gesture. You know, you have one character played uh, by Joey Stotnick, um, who a lot of people I think would recognize from something else. He's one of those character actors that pops up in a lot of stuff. He was in uh, Twister. He's one of the team in in, in Helen Hunt's oh, crew. And okay. he also dies horribly uh, in Paul Verhoeven's Hollow Man. He has he used to have like curly kind of big hair. Um, but here okay. he's, he's, he's a bald gentleman and plays a character named Matt Sinclair, who you mm-hmm, will not forget. Mm-hmm. So anyways, the boarding of the mm-hmm. plane kind of happens. will you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, out of, out of the passengers, I I would say he is probably one of the more memorable. Oh yeah, like you said, they're the all kind of businessman, right? Yeah, like you said, they're all kind of those cliches of different passengers you would see on a flight. Anyways. Yeah, and then Danielle Daniela Panada is playing the main uh, flight attendant, who I think maybe some people will recognize from the short-lived uh, Cowboy Bebop uh, TV series, and also right. uh, the Jurassic World. Uh, Fallen Kingdom movie, which we mm. both hated. Mm. Uh, she played the mm. the dino veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So those are kind of like mm-hmm. the big names in this movie. Oh, and then we'll get to it more. But uh, Matt Craven and uh, not Matt Craven. Uh, pardon me, Tony Goldwyn and yeah. Paul Ben Victor uh, have uh, uh, substantial roles. But it kind of almost feels like those scenes were shot <laughs> later on. But in, like, in terms of it, I, someone's lunch break, <laughs> yeah, it's literally like you're watching. So the, the, the so. Tony Goldwyn plays uh, a fixer and and Paul Ben Victor kind of plays like the rep for Trailblazer Airline. The f- biggest laugh in this entire movie is seeing the title card that says uh, Trailblazer Airlines uh, headquarters, New York City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of the, the funniest bits. So this New Year's flight ends up um, crash landing or, or having an emergency landing um, it, on an island off the Philippines. And once they get there, they're kind of stranded and trying to figure out what they can do. And ultimately they realize that this island is not governed and it's run by militia and separatists. And so um, as you would expect, the passengers get uh, uh, abducted held hostage, and, and yeah. held hostage. And so it's up to, uh, Captain Brody, Brody Torrance, Torrance to go after him. and Mike Coulter <laughs> to team up and, and put their differences aside and save the day because conveniently they were out in the jungle uh, headed to a communication tower to try to contact uh, the airline or get help from anywhere they possibly can. And from there, it's it, it basically kind of feels like the the actual in the air stuff is bookended mm-hmm. mostly like it's, yeah. it, most of the film is actually an escape film overall and when you're watching it i I think there is the kind of like xenophobic quality of this kind of movie that you'd expect um certain aspects from like the stock kind of villains that are kind of poorly defined but weirdly stereotypical yeah and then you also have characters that are kind of blatantly again defined by one character trait or what have you some of the action is okay it looks ugly um, the movie looks so cheap. It was actually shot in Puerto Rico. Um, but watching it, I think the biggest problem with this film, I just found it to be boring. I think the f- most kind of entertaining or fun moments in the film happened at the beginning and end of the movie and everything else in the middle is just filler. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. 
Um, but I do think that the movie is kind of delivering on what it's promising, I guess. <laughs> like, I feel like if not a great movie, but if you watch this trailer, you laugh probably at the punchline of the title. Um, it looks like any generic Gerard Butler action movie. And guess what? That's kind of what you're getting. Um, based on that title, you kind of almost hope it would be sillier, but the movie mostly plays itself very straight. I mean, there are some over the top and goofy moments, but it's never like winking at the camera, like other than the title of the film, like, Oh, we know this is ridiculous or silly. Like it plays it pretty straight and you're mostly laughing at the movie at times more so than with it. Um, that being said, I don't, I don't disagree that the film's boring. I was sort of surprised that, you know, I, I shouldn't have been because the movie's called Plane, uh, but how much they focus on that crash landing and the escape. So I thought it would be more, you know, Olympus has fallen, like ridiculous. This plane, uh, this captain of this this commercial airline has to go Rambo and like and just goes over the top like he's this action star when it's not really that at all. Like they do give, you know, some some ham fisted um, kind of exposition on why Captain Torrance would be good at hand to hand combat and stuff like that um, in really like silly ways. And those are the kind of things that you laugh at. Um, I, I don't think I was ever bored, though. I think I was just a tepid like this is exactly kind of what I expected. I almost maybe wished it was a bit sillier, but it's kind of delivering on what it kind of says it is. And I can't fault the movie for that. But then it kind of just peters out of being like, yeah, this isn't really very good it's not awful um it it's i'm not bored but i'm surprised at how much they focus well, you're not on bored the actual... but you're boarding sure <laughs> plain puns yes. um there's plenty of those to go around um so yeah i don't know like it, it like you said it, it's filled with kind of caricatures and no one's really developed even you know captain torrance and and mike coulter's character Gaspar is that yeah, yeah like um um like it's just they're all kind of like like you said caricatures cliches kind of like things you've seen in a million other movies before so the classic like oh he's he's want he, he's maybe misunderstood like he was in a bad situation that's why he he's in jail kind of thing and he's not a, a real bad guy he does care about you're talking about Mike Coulter's like, character Mike Coulter's character right yeah. and then so the silliness of that and I agree with you with some of the action like. That first action sequence that uh, that Captain Torrance has to kind of get into is kind of like raw. And I kind of liked that, like the kind of like he he knows what he's doing, but he's not, you know, um, an action star. He's just got to fight these people off and and kill them at any cost to save his passengers. Right. So um, like there's not a back. Yeah. Like I, there's not a ton to say about the movie. I just feel like if you watch that trailer and you want to see this movie and you paid $15 to go see it. Um, I think you'll be like satisfied. I don't know. Like it's, I, it's not horrible. And I feel like it's not trying to be like anything. It's not, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't know though, Matt, like I, I kind of disagree with the one thing that you are saying that kind of seems to be contradicting it a little bit is mm -hmm. the idea of that it's, it's, it's doing what it says it is where yeah. I think it's not, because I think 
in the middle of this movie, which is a large chunk of this film, yeah. you're on the ground in, you know, this remote location in the middle of nowhere. And it's basically these two guys trying to figure out, you know, how to deal with this situation and if they should cooperate and work together and rely on one another. And uh, it's almost a, a lot weird male bonding experience yeah. than anything else. And what it did remind me of a little bit with those scenes when you between Coulter and, and Butler is very much uh, on that level of John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13, where you have, you know, the lawman working with the the con and both of those guys in this siege situation, you know, being shot at by a gang outside this precinct and them putting aside their difference in, differences in order to survive. And at the end of it, they, you know, stand side by side and have mutual respect for each other. And that's kind of what this is doing. And it makes even more sense because Jean-Francois uh, Riche actually directed the 2005 the remake, remake yeah. of Assault on Precinct 13, which was shot in <laughs> Toronto. Um, and he also directed the underrated uh, uh, Miserine uh, movies with Vincent Cassel. So uh, it, it, that I think is kind of interesting in just that like you have a director who's coming in and has kind of done something similar before. There's also kind of this interesting single take fight sequence with Butler and this militia guy in this communication tower that that's what I was referencing. Yeah. It's kind of fun and intense, but it also is oddly shot in terms of how the handheld shaky cam works. And a lot of that does feel like it was done in post and not, in camera while they were making it where you can tell when you're watching you know like say like a paul greengrass movie where a Mm -hmm. lot of the the handheld shaky cam whether you know it be from barry Aykroyd's cinematography um is is usually kind of you know moving in the moment with the characters and has been choreographed where when you're watching the 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 plane crash or or the emergency landing in this or some of those fight sequences it almost looks like you know, they got the editor in post-production to switch on, you know, the the the, the shaky cam for that. And it doesn't sure. have the same feeling, the visceral feeling that you would in the moment. And it's weirdly more off-putting in that kind of motion sickness kind of way. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that it's one of those movies that it's like the most interesting things about this film are Gerard Butler is actually playing a Scotsman. He's not playing... Uh, an ambiguous American hero type. Like they actually say he is a Scottish pilot, which they never really address in any of his other movies in terms of his nationality. It's like, it's weirdly like Arnold Schwarzenegger where it's like, Oh, he's just kind of like he is American or he's kind of, you know, like he's a, a American Austrian, but they never really talk about it. But it, it yeah. is, they do say he is Scottish. And then the other thing that I found kind of interesting in terms of, of, I think why this movie is getting a theatrical release as well is because Butler is in the whole film. There are a lot of these direct-to-video movies that are sold on people like Bruce Willis or Nicolas Cage or John Cusack, Adrian Brody, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these yeah. faded these faded movie stars who are only usually in the film for about maybe five to ten minutes in 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 total, where Butler is the lead in this. And like oh, he's he a is, star, yeah. Yeah, and he's in the whole movie. So I do feel like that is you know, uh, a bonus. It's like because... elevated VOD to me. Yes. Like, it's like, well, I mean, it's, it's like... in the air. So of course it's elevated. Hey, there we go. Um, yeah. Like we were talking about this after the movie where I'm like, it, it, 
I understand the VOD comparisons because like the plot and and everything, all the characters all feel like ripped out of a VOD thing. And this goes to like Lionsgate in general, where like I think they dabbled with like being a premier studio at one point but now is on that kind of fine line of like what are you like what do you what kind of movies do you put out like i don't what are you like every every studio doesn't necessarily have like a identity where they only put out one type of movie but you usually can go oh this is coming out from this studio you kind of know the vibe where lionsgate i feel like it could go either way on anything and i feel lionsgate's trajectory is really fascinating as well because it, it it kind of came into its own with the saw movies right like that's kind of in the same way that like new line cinema you know kind of scored big with the nightmare on elm street films and then yeah. afterwards which it was kind technically of started... twisted pictures right but then, yes like... but but saw but but lionsgate released them theatrically released or like them, was right? the, yeah the sorry i'm thinking studio. distributor versus studio yes. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and so then lionsgate after that was releasing a lot of this kind of you know b-movie schlocky films kind of like quick and cheap horror and then they released paul haggis's crash and it wins yeah. the oscar and then they kind of have a little bit of a, an air of prestige to them um but now it seems like they are in this weird place because they're going back to the 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 vod realm for some of their movies and then yeah like clerks three felt like a vod movie right but then knives out was a huge success for them which they lost out on because they went to netflix right but then you have things like the john wick franchise that feels like again similarly like has a vod concept but executed so well that those movies are now big blockbusters it almost feels like right yeah or they really something like sicario and then when the hunger games movies were coming out they were like big blockbuster movies right um and that's i feel like the the hunger games for me is when they were like oh well this is a big franchise we have now let's be let's become one of the big franchise studios and then i feel like after that it just with john wick i guess is the exception and you know they have the expendable movies which makes sense comparing to plane and things like that hitman's um bodyguard um yeah but it's just uh this movie feels like it's one mistake away from being vod but someone <laughs> like gerard butler is it weirdly elevates the material because he's also like one step away, but he still can like hold a movie and be like an action star. And I feel like that's still in that theatrical realm or that doesn't feel like it's completely VOD. Cause like, I never felt that watching the movie and like, I was mildly entertained throughout the whole thing. Like I, again, will I ever think of plane again? Will I ever want to watch plane again? No, um, but for January when it's really slow and I'm like, there's nothing out. I mean, you could be playing catch up on a lot of the awards films if you haven't seen some of those. But if you really are desperate to go to the movies, like I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And that's maybe I'm being easy on it uh, because it's January for all these different reasons. But like um, I liked the crash landing sequences. I'm kind of a sucker for emergency landing plane crashes. And I mean, going back to lost and other things like that. So like, which also has the same tagline basically, right. For the the film, which is kind of weird, Uh, but, but going Um, back to Lionsgate again, like they also have a stack of movies that go to, direct to to video or get released on blu-ray that you've never heard of and they usually have again like one star that's maybe in five to ten minutes of the entire movie and they're getting like really solid detective night 
with yeah yeah like but 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 like even like there's even stuff with like morgan freeman and ruby rose that came out there was a a film with them that came out last year that it's like oh i've never even heard of this and and it's like who is who's like actually actively you know renting this stuff but but in terms of going back to playing i just i can't recommend it because i feel like the beginning and end are probably the best but in the middle you're just waiting for it to you know take off again and it never and it and it never really does it just kind of feels like you're just sitting there the whole time grounded waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and then you get to the fun of the film and then it ends and you're kind of like oh well the more interesting stuff weirdly was with you know Tony Gold, uh, Goldroy, uh, Goldwyn, pardon me, and and uh, Paul Ben Victor back in the New York <laughs> headquarters, kind of you know talking about like what they should do and like prepare for worst case scenario um, than anything else. And and being the month of January, there's already a better movie out that's playing right now, and it's called Megan. You know, like that's the You're better wrong. Sh- schlocky B movie that you could be seeing, which is actually that's both more entertaining. Fun, yeah. And actually has a, 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 a bit of a quality when it comes to its, to its production satire value and, and social commentary yeah. as well. Yeah, like I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think we're like so not too far off. I'm just being a little, I guess, easier on the movie. I didn't hate it. I, I kind of enjoyed myself, even that middle part that is that generic action movie. We haven't talked about the special forces team that comes in. It's oh, all the mercenaries, very generic. the mercenary, um, which I guess lends it to because, you know, both, you know, Brody Torrance, while he's capable, uh, is not like like I said, like an action star. So they bring in this uh, militia team or or whatever to um, uh, to come in and rescue them. And it, it, again, it it adds some guns and some action. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that it all becomes kind of stale ish. It's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm like, I know what this movie is. I'm not expecting much. It delivered on what that those very low expectations for me. However, still not a great movie. Like I'm going to give the movie a, a, a 2.5 um, out of five, even though I'm saying like it's watchable. I, I like I don't want to ever watch it again or probably won't ever think about it again. But like it's not like the worst decision in the world. It's just uh, if you're going to go see it, it's just kind of fine. Yeah, I mean, I like Gerard Butler. I, I think we had more fun last year with Cop Shop, which actually has some yes. moments and performances in that movie that works quite well. And I'm not against what this is trying to do. I just think it kind of fails or gives up on what it is. And like you mentioned with the mercenaries, like there's even a, a, a subplot in, and it's funny that I'm using subplot and I'm not trying to be punny, but in Hunter Killer with Gerard Butler, where they have to bring in mercenaries to help rescue, you know, uh, a group of people in a, in a political strife in Russia and, um, you know, the, the submarine stuff, the warfare in that movie as well. Like, it's just like, it's like vehicles and, mercenaries jarred butlers in like that's all you have to do to pitch to get him to be in a movie um it's just like you're watching this thing and you're thinking to yourself man this could be more fun like this actually could be more entertaining and it could throw logic out the window through the whole thing i think that's what you should have done yeah embrace its stupidity and it doesn't and it's just kind of a bland plain movie um so that's why i'm going to give it a two out of five fair man uh thank you all for listening or watching uh we really do appreciate it go check out our other shows uh the untitled movie podcast our last two episodes go over uh the best movies of 2022 and the 23 most anticipated films of 2023 so there's like i think like five hours 
uh, of stuff you can watch or listen to uh, covering both last year and this upcoming year. Uh, please go subscribe to The Cast of Us, an untitled uh, Last of Us podcast. Easiest way to find that on podcast services I found because there's a, I'm surprised at how much people are excited about this show because I've seen more people in it's very much my circles in my bubble, but more people starting after shows saying that they're going to do like a last of us kind of recap and, and which is cool. I'm, I'm glad we're not the only ones because you'll get a ton of different voices of people doing that, but more people in our circles than I've ever seen for a television show be like, Oh, every Sunday we're going to be talking about this thing. So I think that's really, really exciting, but just search Matt Rohrbeck or Eric Marchin and podcast services. And you'll probably see, um, the three podcasts pop up because there's a lot of different last of us podcasts. So, um, even when I created the name, the cast of us, I'm like, this is clever. I searched, there's like six other shows named that. So, um, SEO, I'll work on it. Uh, one stop shop for everything as well. Just go over to, uh, untitled underscore movies over on letterbox. That's probably your easiest spot to find everything um as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric marchin you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on all the social medias at em6211 until next time i just want to fly wicky 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 wah, wah, wah. put your arms around me baby <laughs> Bye.